Whether you know it or not, you've almost definitely heard Kermaine Booker, a.k.a. That Cello Guy, play. Welcome to the Rockstar Violinist Podcast, brought to you by Electric Violin Shop, the one-stop shop for all of your electric strings needs. This month is actually the uh, Rockstar Cellist Podcast, but, you know, cello's kind of like a big violin to play sitting down or something, right? Like we said, you've almost definitely heard Kermaine play. He was on the new Lion King soundtrack. He's recorded with Black Violin, Lauren Daigle, Keb Moe, Cheryl Crow, Michael McDonald, and so many more. He's performed live with Hans Zimmer, Carrie Underwood, Kelly Clarkson, Leanne Rimes, Chris Stapleton, Martina McBride. We could go on, okay? You get it? You've probably heard him play. Kermaine has been on my list of people to interview since the very beginning of this podcast three, yes, three years ago. I finally got a chance to catch up with him in his home studio in Nashville just last week. So, sit back, enjoy yourself, and uh, listen to my chat with Kermaine Booker, Rockstar Cellist. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a big tour guy, but I mean, I've, I've done some tours in my lifetime. Like, yeah, Black Violin was cool. I mean, um, those guys are absolutely great. They're phenomenal musicians, of course. But uh, I've done some Christian tours over my last time, over my lifetime, and <clears throat> those were cool. Not enough to say that I'm always doing it, but enough to say I've done it enough, you know, to get the gist of it. Well, it's been nearly a year since anybody's been on <laughs> uh, tour. For for sure, for sure. But you know, it's just one of those things where you're like <sighs> we as musicians got to pivot. You know, just got to pivot and make 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 things work no matter what. You know, the thing is, we have to improvise on stage, and we expect that. Yeah. But then sometimes life comes in and throws you like a little two five one you weren't expecting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to improvise there. <laughs> exactly, man. It's it's been a a huge curveball for all of us, but it's it's been interesting and cool to see, um, not only just like fellow musicians, but like the whole music industry as a whole figure this thing out because i mean we're going to figure it out anyway you know we have to because we all have to make a living we all have to make money but like it's cool to see everyone like figuring it out trying new things and then it's also going to be cool to see what the new norm is going to be going forward because after this like nothing's going to be the same like there were before this there were plenty of people that or plenty of companies that said we'll never work from home and now that's exactly what they're doing and everything's working just fine and so i just think it's going to be interesting to see whatever the new normal is going to be you know and i think too that there's there are so many people getting ready to go back out on tour yeah as soon as as soon as the gates open Every everybody who's ever thought about being on tour is going to be on tour we've all had a year to write material for sure with for sure I think there's going to be a lot of competition for those for those dollars and oh, for yeah. those audiences as we get back out there. So, um, you know, hopefully the artists that are super creative will have come up with something new over this year that we've been sitting on our thumbs. Yeah. There could be some really cool tours out there. Oh, in oh for sure. 2022. For sure. And I think I just I think it's just a culmination of everybody's just ready to get out there and go. Like, I mean, this thing's been shut down for so long, and it's it's long overdue. Like, everyone's trying to get back to work, 
And so, like, yeah, like, I, I think some very cool things will come out of it. I mean, some very cool things have already come out of it, even though they haven't been tours. So I, I just think that, you know, it's going to be great once, you know, that happens. And I can't, look, I can't wait to get back on the road either. But then, no, the, no. but on the other side of that, I will say, even though I was at home, the the pandemic, like 2020, 2020 was the best year for me I've ever had musically. Like, that's insane to say that. You know, especially with, you know, what the situation was. But, um, like, even even if I don't go back out on the road, I feel like I can still make things happen even if I don't leave my house. Man, and that's that's a very cool thing. You're in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, good old A Nashville. town that is infested with musicians. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody in Nashville plays music. The guy <laughs> delivering your pizza is probably oh, yeah. the best guitar player For you sure. ever met, right? For sure, dude. Everybody, it's it's crazy because you can you literally can go anywhere in Nashville, like from from Broadway to just like Thompson Lane. You'll see a tuba player jamming out like in in the in the in the tunnel. So like it's it's crazy. Nashville is just crazy talented, man. Well, and with all that talent in town, there's a ton of competition. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. how did how did the guys on top of the game like you where where do you you know how do you how do you stay on top of that game? Honestly, to tell the truth, to be honest, I don't even I don't even consider myself being on top of the game. I'm still working and busting my butt every single day just to make sure I can pay my bills as well. Like uh, nothing nothing's different between me and anybody else. It's just more people know who I am, and and that's that's literally it. Like. I have more connections than someone who's probably just starting out, and so like there's there's no difference. Like just if if you if you do good work, you keep your head down, and you know you you're you're a good person. That's so important. If you're a good person, then I mean, typically those opportunities come. Like it it'll, it'll happen. Well, that's cool, man. So what have you been working on? Just I mean, we had to delay this call because you were in the middle of something. <laughs> What what have you been working on? If if you can say, I don't know how many of these you got NDAs for. But. Dude, dude, the, I've been there's so so many things. It's been insane. Um, I, there's a couple of video games that I can't really tell you, say what they are, but um, I'm working on a, a couple of video games, big video games coming out soon. Um, a few movies that are coming out, and then my my new project. I am I just got um, a music director position at this company called Remember Us. And uh, I uh, create music for their website. And basically what this website is, it's just like, it's like a, um, a place to memorialize people that are past, that I've passed in your family or about to pass. And so, the, of course, you know, those videos and memorial strips, all that needs music. And so I, I create music for that. And honestly, to tell the truth, that has been such a good creative release for me just because mm. it's different. It's different music than I'm used to creating and so just creating music in the vein of like not too happy but not too sad you know mournful right. but reflective and so just getting in that vein it's been such a good release for me so have they sent you like some sample videos that you can kind of get inspiration from or do they just kind of give you a vibe and say hey take it from here they actually honestly to tell the truth they they just said hey we love what you do and we just want you to create and so, like, no, there was no inspiration. Like, I have full, like, control, full artistic expression all over this thing. And so, like, it's it's been great. Like, dude, like, I, um, I, it, it's just a really good, like, 
release, like musical release. Because, I mean, you don't get that type of freedom in most projects, yeah. especially ones that pay very well. So just like it's right. <laughs> it's it's been good. Like you can either have a ton of freedom or make a lot of money, but but not both. not both of them. And so I'm just like it's like it's I, it's been a blessing uh, to be a part of it. And and on the other side of that, knowing that the music that I'm creating is helping people more and helping people grieve and all that good stuff. So that's it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. So um, you and I actually did a project near the beginning of quarantine. Yeah, man, dude. Look, I think about that all the time because it, it was so special. And even like the, uh, the vocals that I added to that thing was just like, mm. I, I still have just the vocals of that on, on my computer somewhere just because they're so, they're so beautiful. I just love that arrangement. Dude, they were so good. They were so good. I'll tell people that that I did a uh, a version of Hallelujah, which is a tune I've always wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I'm a rocker, so it's not like you know at a punk rock show like who's gonna whip out Hallelujah? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, man, I really want to do Hallelujah, and I was like, I need a cellist. And I was like, dude, Kermaine's gonna be my first call, dude. And I was like, do you want to maybe throw some vocals on here? You're like, dog, I got you. Yeah, of course. But it was so good. It was so good, man. Just that that whole. We're gonna play it for people, but that whole vibe was just oh my goodness. Dude, I was so I was so honored to be a part of that just because just all the musicians on it that you had on it, and then just I love you as a person, as a musician. So it was I was as soon as you asked, I was like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, well, it was a real honor for me to have you on the a track. So we're gonna play that for people here and let you hear what like Kermaine just totally made this song. Well, he didn't come in till near the end, so we'll jump in near the end and you'll be able to hear it.
some of the tours that you've been on tell us about because you've done black violin you've done hans zimmer right you've done what who lauren daigle yeah. and, and a bunch of these other ones tell us about life on the road with some of these big dogs you know honestly to tell the truth i think a lot of people think going on the road is the most glamorous thing ever because there's so many of these cool pictures that come out and cool videos that come out on tour but honestly going on tour is so just like dirty <laughs> Man, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> right, like it's so <laughs> dirty. Like I look, I will never forget. And, and don't get me wrong, I've loved every single tour that I've ever been on. Like touring with Black Violin was probably one of the most rewarding tours I've ever been on. Not only was that my first tour I ever went on, but it was just like going on tour with such amazing musicians who do something that's just outside of the box, outside of the norm. And they're black, like that. That alone is just mind-boggling. And so, just like going on tour with them was great. But like, I've look, I've got stories for days when it comes to like, like tour disgustingness, and just like you just, I mean, just think about that mental image of like being in a metal tube with eleven other people, very close proximity. That is not Gas appealing. Gas station food, dude. Like that, <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. But look. See, I love gas station food. I could live on gas station hot dogs. (laughs) I can't. No, I will. Look, hot dogs from the gas station are my exception because those things, there's something, I don't know what it is, but they're they're magical. Dude, they they are delicious and I will go to town. But other than that, I can't can't do it. I can't do it. And so we definitely have to make sure whatever bus I'm on is like stocked with some snacks and some some, like food and water because I I can't. mm -mm, No. <laughs> yeah, there are uh so uh the Hans Zimmer tour, who did where did you go with that? Was that a European tour or a US tour? Actually, I I didn't tour with Hans Zimmer. Actually, I just, okay, you just he he um he was on tour and I played the Nashville show with oh, him. Okay, okay. Um but um when I tell you just even that show playing that show literally is probably one of the best like musical experiences of my life just like just the way it ran the way like the 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 rehearsals were just like how impactful the music was like that that if i could have been on that tour 
I would have jumped on it immediately. Like it's like Tina Guo and uh, I say was she on that date? Oh we yeah, interviewed her. Oh yeah. yeah, Tina, Tina, super rock star, super rock star. I honestly, I honestly keep saying to this day that Nashville missed out on that tour because like nobody came. It was ridiculous, but literally one of the best things I've ever been a part of. I'm just like Hans Zimmer comes to Nashville and y'all don't show up. What? The what? town is so jaded, it's got to be. Dude, it has to be. It has to be. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that day. Because that, I mean, even that day opened so many doors for me. Like, that was my first time officially meeting Tina in person. And so, mm. like, even that just, like, opened, you know, so many different opportunities from, like, playing with Hans Zimmer on other things or sessions with other people. So, it's been great. She is so cool. I love her. Oh, yeah. I, I talk to her all the time, and she literally one of my biggest inspirations for hands down. Hands down. That's awesome. So starting, I guess starting playing cello, when did you start to play? Wow. I, um, I started what they call late. <laughs> I started at 10, uh, so fifth grade. Uh, and I actually didn't start out on cello. I started out on bass and, um, I played bass for a year and I didn't like it because I had to stand up. And so they were like, Hey, well, I mean, you, you kind of have to play, sit down to play that one. I was like, sold, give it here. And so, uh, I, I latched on to the cello and I've been doing it ever since, you know? So, uh, yeah, fifth grade, 10 years old. So school orchestra then. Oh yeah, for sure. And the the weird thing about it is I never really I never really had um cello lessons or private lessons at all until like literally one like one semester before college. That was it. Um I um I basically taught myself or or just learned from, you know, my my fellow students um up until, you know, right before college. And so like it was it was a it was a it was a, a struggle, but you know, I loved it so much that, you know, we made it happen. So what was the music that really moved you? What did you like playing? Well, I mean, I loved it all. Like I was I mean, I, I was one of those kids that was super hyperactive and um like I mean I actually didn't find out I had ADHD until like to college my mom told me, but then I was like, Oh, that made so much sense. Wait you you, you wait till now. <laughs> No, but, um, yeah, no, I, I channel a lot of my energy into music, and so just, like, I just loved it all. Like, anything that I could do with that cello, man, I was I was playing it from, you know, just, like, orchestra music, fiddles on fire, <laughs> and to, uh, to just jamming out to stuff on the radio. That, that's what I love to do. So you would listen, you'd take your cello home and just play along to stuff that wasn't oh, your yeah, orchestra music. For sure. I mean, and that was, and I think my mom was... She she allowed it because she realized that that was something that was going to keep me out of trouble, keep me out of mischief. Because I was a mischievous kid. Like I I was curious. I like to get into stuff. And so like she saw that I I was always with the cello. Like why like why is this boy playing this thing all the dang time? And I I just loved it so much. And so I mean I brought it home as much as I could. Like it's a lot of work to to cart a cello around. It's not like being a clarinet player. <laughs> For sure. You know, the cellos aren't that bad. They're not that heavy, you know. People they're just big. That's it. Right. They're just big. But trying to get one on the bus on to get oh, home. Oh yeah. I mean I mean I, I 
it's it's no different than now. Like people give you comments, people give you stares, but I didn't care. I was just so excited to have the thing, the dang thing. It's funny because that cello that I played, like, well, not not that I started on, but in high school, I still have it somewhere around here. Like it, I stole it from oh, my wow. school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but and, and I told, I mean, I told I, I told them I was gonna steal. I was like, hey, when I graduate, I'm taking this with me. They're like, no, you're not. And I took it with me anyway. And and I I still have a, a good relationship with them. They're just like, nah, you need to keep it. Like it's 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 yours. But uh, man, I just I just love the cello, dude. I just love it. So then you decided I'm gonna I'm gonna do this at some point. Oh yeah. Like, you know, when, when you're asking a kid what he wants to be when he grows up, at what point did you know that you wanted to be a musician? Oh, from the get-go. From the get-go. Really? I mean, I, I, my whole family is kind of musical. Um, uh, I got a, a host of singers in my family. Like, every, every one of us sings. Um, I've got, and professionally, too, like my, like my aunt sang for Martina McBride for, uh, for years. I have cousins who sang for um take six background when they were touring back in the day like so i like we've tons of singers in my family so music was always destined to be a part of my life uh and i think cello was my way of like separating myself from everybody else because like there weren't that many musicians in the family uh and so like cello was the thing that was like uniquely mine and so ever since i started i was like this is i want to do this I want to do this. So then went to college to study music. Yes, of course, of course. I uh, went to um, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. Blue Raiders, go Blue Raiders. Um, and then uh, I just, like, Nashville was just the place for me because, you know, it's Music City after college. So I, I stayed here and decided I was going to try to, you know, make this music thing work here in Nashville. Uh, in the meantime, I just got some some regular day jobs to support myself until music could take over. And now that's the only thing I do. So you did work some just regular day jobs for a little while while you were playing on the side? Oh, yeah. And I, even even like some like heavy full-time jobs. Like I worked at a, a full university doing uh, um, student services. I was an a, a academic advisor for um two years and then moved on to assistant associate director of student services super title that really didn't mean anything um but i did that for two more years so i was in uh, academia for a solid four years until i left and decided that you know that's not for me that's not what i want to do with my life and uh ever since what's it 2017 i've just been music full-time that's awesome yeah man thank you well i think a lot of people they sort of look at that as well, I failed, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't out there doing it full time, and I failed, and and that is so that is so not the case. No, no, no. I just think you have to. For me, I think you have to get to a place where you just decide that's what you want to do. Like for in, in, in even in my case, I I mean I could have totally went and got another job after that. I mean my resume was fine. Um, I could have just moved somewhere else, but I was just like, no, like, this is what I have to do. I was put on this earth to create and make music. And so I was like, yo, we're going to make this thing happen. That's awesome. And then you just recently bought a house. Dude, yeah. I am, what, three months in now? Four months in? October, October 30th last year. So it's uh, it's been great. Music, I, it's, it's insane to me that cello and music bought me a house, but... Even on that front, I've said for my entire lifetime that I, music was going to 
fund my life. You know, it was going to create like create a home for me and, and like buy a house and even more than that, buy, you know, studios or whatever. So it's it's insane that it's happening. But at the same time, this is what I, I prayed for. This is what I wanted. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So um, let's talk about some of your music. Um, besides you do so much session work for other people yeah but you've also got your own stuff out and of course under the that cello guy yeah name, right? that cello guy so where where did that come from how did that start honestly that was i mean that that kind of was given to me by by fans of mine um what what happened is i of course i started out doing videos on youtube and facebook and instagram and honestly i started doing those only to get more work here in Nashville because like there's I mean there's a there's a there's a buddy system and they you know it's hard to break in and so it's like maybe if they can see what I do maybe you know I'll get hired and so I I did those videos or whatnot and kept doing them and I that it happened I, I got more work that happened but on the other thing one thing I didn't anticipate was like the videos grew into something themselves. Like there, that just started to to gain a following, and I was like, "Oh, oh snap! I'm gonna have to continue this." And so, what would happen is I would, I reached a point where I was literally at a coffee shop with a friend of mine, uh, downtown Nashville, and this guy was walking down the street and was like, "Hey, you're that cello guy that does the videos, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I am." Wow, that's crazy. And it kept happening over and over again. Hey, you're that cello guy that just, you're that cello guy that did the video. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start calling myself that cello guy because, like, one, no one's going to remember Cremaine. And two, I, I, it's kind of catchy. And so I changed yeah. my name to that cello guy, and it's stuck ever since. And so it's it's been a good ride. So you've got a pretty big following on, on Instagram and on YouTube and all that. Some, I mean, like... Tens of thousands of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Following you, is that where did that sort of start early, or has that been a steady, steady climb? Um, it's funny because across the platforms it differs because, um, like I guess my biggest following is YouTube. There's 155,000 subscribers there, and that's been a steady climb over the years. But like Instagram and Facebook, it they kind of like jumped. Like three years ago, I had a couple of videos that kind of like went viral or something, I guess, if you want to classify it that. Um, and so that kind of jump started, you know, a lot of followers. And then ever since, it's just been a steady climb since. So, I mean, I don't really I don't really put too much stock into followers. But I mean, at the same time, I'm, I'm happy to have them. Yeah. So what, what have been the most successful videos for you? What types of videos? I know you've got several on your YouTube page with, with millions of oh, views. Oh, yeah. I You know, the well, Hans Zimmer's uh, Time, which everyone knows from the movie Inception, that I did a cover of that, and like that's probably been the most popular and, and the most lucrative, actually, because... Mm. Um, as you know, you can, you can monetize your videos and, um, and so like millions and millions of people watch the, that video and I, I get paid more than that, that video makes more than any other video that I've ever seen like that. Um, I did, uh, the Adagio for strings, the, uh, the, uh, Samuel Barber video and, uh, that one was, 
um, around the time when they had Dallas shootings, Philando Castile was, 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 was murdered. And so um, that one really, really hit home with a lot of people. So there was millions of people that, that, that watched that video too. So both of those are probably my top two. Here's just a bit of time from Inception by Hans Zimmer. latest album that I released is actually um, is a, is a, it's all covers uh, works from um, Ludovico Einaudi and uh, what I did was I basically um, I fell in love with his music about two or three years ago and I was like man it would be really cool if there was an album of his music but like with cello because it's just it's so beautiful and so I came up with cello arrangements for for all all of the songs on the um on the album which were like 14 of my favorites of his and then put that put that joint out and uh it's it's been great but my original album Revolutions is coming out this year so I I'm mm. super excited about that and you're the first person to know about it Oh, man. I'm excited about that. Are you going to be able to give us any sneak previews or everybody just going to have to wait? We're going to have to wait. I wish I could give you a sneak preview because I haven't actually gotten permission to share yet. But uh, when I tell you, uh, it's going to be good. I can't wait. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. So where are people going to be able to find that? Uh, you can find it. It's going to be out on all the digital platforms. You can find it on my website, that cello guy. I can't talk right now. ThatCelloGuy.com. Uh, and then um, we're just gonna we're gonna uh, do some mass production on CDs, and so you'll be able to get that on Amazon and all that all that good jazz. Okay. So of the songs that you've got out now, what would you say is the song that probably defines you the best? Like if somebody's gonna listen to one Cremaine Booker song, which one are they gonna listen to? Oh man, 
that's a hard one because like a lot of my music right now are is covers, but I identify with those so much because I put my heart and soul into it. And so I think day one from Interstellar for sure because like that like there's something about that serene like it's just it's it's absolutely beautiful and it just sets a plane to just set just be calm and just and just quiet. Um another one uh Petrichor uh on my um on my latest album. Uh oh my gosh, that joint is just absolutely fire. So Petrichor for sure. Okay. So which of of one of those like maybe tell us what it was that made you want to arrange it the way that you did. How did you feel like you wanted to peel away from the original mm -hmm. and how did you feel like you wanted to honor the original? Well, on I'll, I'll talk about Petrichor, Ludovico Einaudi. Just um, this, there's something about like the one, one the the acoustic instruments that he uses, and specifically the way he uses them. Like for instance, there's a there's a glissando part on the cello, and it has to be done on the cello. Um, because you would get different partials on different instruments, but like the way that he uses those, the 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 um the overtone series for the uh, the harmonics is so freaking cool. So I made sure in my arrangement to to bring that out because that that's something that you don't hear a lot of times in a lot of music. And so bringing that out, and then the effects that he uses on on different instruments, like for instance, he loves to use these like um these low low groaning synths and they're so absolutely beautiful so i made sure to make sure that i, I paid homage to him by using some some sense in that in that vein so it's it's just beautiful so check out petrichor
So you do all of your own production then, right? Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, gone are the days that you can just be a cello player. Like, like you have to be able to do it all. And so what better, to, what better way to get what you want than to do it by yourself? No doubt. So what was the learning curve process on that? Did you learn some of that stuff in music school, or is this all stuff you had to learn on your own? Uh, it was a mixture of both. Um, I uh, was lucky enough to go to one of the greatest recording schools in the nation. Um, MTSU is number two behind Full Sail. And, and if you go to MTSU, you're not going to say it's number two. You're going to say it's number one. Uh, but uh, even though I wasn't a part of the recording industry program, I was able to take some of those classes. And so learning, uh, you know, how to use, you know, different DAWs from Pro Tools to Studio One, all that good stuff, using all those things. And then, like, learning how to EQ, learning how to use compression, learning how to use different effects and plugins. That was so valuable to my education. But then, on the flip side, just uh, when leaving school and just uh, using YouTube videos, learning from friends, say, and, and just asking questions like, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? How are you achieving this? Paying attention in the sessions that I'm playing. Because, I mean, that, that that's a that's a valuable that's a valuable way to learn because like you're you're playing the session so somebody's going to be doing those jobs and so right. like asking questions every like my friend James Wydell look I ask him all the questions like dude you're an award winning engineer let me know what you're doing like how are you achieving this how do you because he I mean not many people strings specifically know how to record strings and Very james true. is phenomenal at that and so i'm just like yo how are you EQing this what do you do to the cellos how do you make my cello sound so good because i want to make my cello sound this great so uh those are those are things i'm doing asking questions youtube is your friend and then you know a little knowledge from school that's awesome thank you so so speaking of your instruments you've got a number you've got a couple of cellos right a couple of acoustics and an electric for sure right? yeah yeah, talk about those instruments and like what each one, why why would you grab one over the other? Man, dude, okay, so I have I've got uh my normal acoustic cello, which is actually a modern instrument from 2008 and I uh bought that from one of the top recording cellists in Nashville who was retiring. And when I tell you John Catchings literally is one of like if you go back from 19 i don't know 1960 to like early 2000s you're gonna see his name on pretty much every record that comes out of nashville and so i bought his cello you know that thing that it's it's a beast like they they literally called called it the dragon uh when i bought it mm. it's a beast that has a huge sound it's so warm so beautiful and so i use that for like anything that is just like a regular, you know, studio sessions, uh, acoustic things, orchestra, solo things. And that's what I'm using uh, as long as you know it's not outside, of course. And then I have um, my uh, lovely uh, Lewis and Clark um, carbon fiber cello. And I, I predominantly play that now because I do a lot of work on a stage. Uh, whether it's at church, you know, I'm a praise and worship leader. Whether it's on tour, I tour exclusively with that thing. Um, and it's just like there's that's the sound on it, especially plugged into a system, is humongous. Like it's like it's humongous. You can't you can't get anything that sounds that good. And so um I use that exclusively for like live gigs. And then uh, I um, I'm also have an NS Design, the CR5 with a five string cello. And, I, and sometimes I'll tour with that, it depends on the situation. But uh, I mainly use that 
for production because you can get a lot of cool effects and cool sounds out of it when you're when you're producing music and so that's when i predominantly use that so the the five string chiller are you a low f or a high e guy low f all day yes sir low f all day and i will tell you this it took a little bit of getting used to when I first got it, because, you know, normal cellists, they just drop their hand, drop their arm, and then they expect to see. And that's not what you're going to get with that little F string. So it was a little, a little tricky at first, but dude, it is so, so freaking cool to have that low F string. Man, that low F is just thunderous. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think the funny thing is my favorite note on the low F string is the B flat below the C. Because mm -hmm. like that's usually the note that we we want. Cellists that's we want. the note every cellist wants but doesn't have. Exactly. Exactly. But it is so beautiful to have it. That's like with a five string bass. Anytime they go to that low D. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, he got a five string. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, man, dude. It's it's delicious. It's delicious for sure. But I, I, I love that uh, that five string. And that's design definitely blessed me with one. So as far as gear, what are you plugging into with your Lewis and Clark? Oh, man. Honestly, I'm uh, of course, I got my, you know, the LR Bags Venue DI, of course. And then I have... Uh, Shoot, what is this? Uh, I have a Boss ME80 that okay. literally, it's funny, I, I, I started using the ME80 because of touring with Black Violin. Uh, Kev was like, yo, you should use this joint right here. At the time, I didn't know what it was. And he was like, this is what you can do with it. It has all these cool effects. This is what you're going to use. And uh, he said, of course, you know, you can get all this other stuff that has more effects and more options. But, you know, this joint right here, I use that on everything. And so I started, I started playing with it. And I was like, this joint is cool. And so yeah. literally, I use that every single time I'm playing live. I have it right there at my feet. It's just amazing. Nice. That's awesome. So I know Christian Howes uses an ME. He had an ME seventy. Wow. Christian Howes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's older than older than you for sure. But he had an ME seventy, and now I think he's got an eighty now. But I think that's all Christian messes with is that. It's just it's so versatile, man. It does so many things, and like I mean, I don't need I don't need too many too many things when I'm playing, and so the fact that it does everything I need and more, I'm just and it's all right here in this one thing. I'm I'm. I'm super, super excited about having that. So how many, how much your sessions, how many of those are you in a studio versus recording in your home studio? Uh, I mean, before pandemic, it was probably like 60% in studio, 40% at home. But nowadays, it's literally like 95 at home, 5% in a studio. Um, so like, um, it's, 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 a crazy thing dealing with like the situation but at the same time i kind of prefer like being at home because like being able to record in my pjs being able mm -hmm. to knock things out do as many takes i want to you know get things perfectly um uh right the way i want it and you know have things sound the way i want it to sound you know there's there's nothing that beats that honestly i was telling somebody the other day I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to like recording in studio because like, you know, there's so much pressure in those situations. Right. And they're sitting there watching the clock. Ex like, exactly. We're paying by the hour, man. Exactly. You, sure you need one more take? Right, right. And I'm just like, no, man, I just, it's, I, it's, a, it's a joy to be at home and recording. And honestly, to tell the truth, I don't think 
I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Because, uh, I mean, this is I think this will be a part of the new normal because there's so much that you can get done, you know, with me sitting at home. Well, and I think with technology now in the 2020s that, like, you can get almost as good a product at your house as they oh, can yeah. get in a million-dollar studio. Oh, yeah, for sure. And honestly, to tell the truth, in some, in some situations, you can get, I mean, ju- even better than, than being in a million-dollar studio. Um, well, part if, of it is you got you, more time, right? There's no right. pressure on you. Yeah, more time. And then as long as you, you have people that know what they're doing, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. It would be nice to record at Ocean Way or Air Studios with two deck of trees on both sides of the room. Like it was sure, of course, it'd be nice. But at the same time, you know, there's there's not everyone has that. Some great quality music can be produced without it, and it has. So I mean, why not? So I guess clue people in. What's your home recording rig? What mics and pre's and all that are you using? Woo, dude! You you asking the good questions. Uh, well, I um. Of course, I have you know the Apollo Eight going uh, uh, in the room. Um, for mics, I have got um, Corby Cat Five. It's a boutique um, um, mic that has five different heads that just model after the C eight hundred G, the U forty seven. What are my other heads? Uh, Four fourteen. Uh, I can't think of the rest of them right now. And then um, my main mic is a. Uh, uh, Audio Techno forty forty fifty. Uh, it's mm. there's something about that mic. It's 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 interesting because like I mainly use it on like vocals and sometimes like quick cello stuff. Um, but uh, it's it's just so versatile. And I have a, like the whole Royer line as well. So like I have some ribbon mics that are just absolutely delicious. They're way too expensive for for life, but you know I like stuff. Uh, so, uh, the whole Royer line as well. So do you like to close mic your cello or are you doing a close mic and a room mic or what are you doing? It depends on the situation. A lot of times if it's just a quick solo thing, it's, I'm just going to do like a, a close mic, you know, uh, with a Corby, uh, cat. And then, uh, if it's, if it's like multiple stacks of stuff, like, you know, section or whatever, I'll run a room mic for sure. Do you ever do mic and pickup at the same time? Or oh no 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 no! Not recorded with a lot of pickup stuff. No no, I just there's there's no pickup that just that sounds good enough for me to do that. Like that there's I mean the natural sound of the cello is so so much superior than any pickup on the market, and I just I can't I can't and I've tried like there there are things that I've tried, but it's just like no, I just I just hate that sound. Awesome. So, um, do you do a lot of uh, vocal session stuff too? Oh yeah, for sure. I I try. I told myself a, a couple of years ago that I was gonna use every talent that God gave me, and uh, one I had been really bashful about is is singing, and uh, and so I said, you know what, I'm just gonna start doing it because I mean I can sing. I know I can sing. I just wasn't confident in it, and so like. Uh, I put it out there, and people people seem to gravitate towards it. So it led to you know singing work, and it's it's been great. You just heard Cremaine talk about his singing, and it is featured prominently here on his cover of Aya by Emily King.
So maybe give people some some business advice. I know that on your uh, your Facebook page, you'll kind of be talking about some of the the business situations that you bump into. Here oh and yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So as a person kind of getting into or wanting to get into the session business, maybe what are some uh, some business tips that you would give them? Honestly, to tell the truth, and I think this is not even just a music thing, but just a life thing. One, be a good person. I can't I can't stress that enough. Like if people don't want to work with you, then you don't have work. And and I mean and there's there's no way around that. Let's be a good person. Be prepared. Be like do it do your due diligence to your craft. Like if you're not if you're not prepared to to um take advantage of the opportunity that's at your at your foot at your feet then you're gonna miss out and honestly to the truth i'm i'm an example of that i had years ago i had this opportunity to work on this movie with a big time movie composer and he wanted me to do some electric cello stuff and i wasn't i wasn't prepared for that i wasn't and that opportunity was terrible it was absolutely terrible and i i, I still remember the email to this day at the end of this email he said i'll just chalk it up to a learning curve and that broke my spirit Ooh. i was like yo i don't ever want to be in this situation again and so just like just honing your craft if that means practicing for five and ten hours a day do it like make sure that you are able to capitalize on any any opportunity that's presented to you because that's so important no doubt no doubt so then you talk too about where maybe some of the things where you got to make sure that you're getting paid before the client gets like a finished, finished product, right? Oh, for sure. I, I always send out like, um, I call them references, but people call them mixed downs. People call them MP3 mixes or whatever, whatever you, I always send like a, a little mix down so they can hear the final product before before I actually send them, you know, stems and files. Because there's so many times where, you know, I haven't gotten paid. And I, one in particular, it took like two years, two and a half years to get paid from it. And then when they paid me, their response was, why didn't you say anything? And I was just like, why, why, why do I have to say something to get money from you? And you got a product from me that you wanted expeditiously. So, like, as long as you, as long as you're protecting yourself in that area, you know that's what it's what that's what it's about. Like, send them the you know a mix before you send the send files, just because like that safeguard that safeguards you from that. Get your money, man. Like, we you need your money. So, do you leave like a click track or something on it, or do you leave like? other stuff in it so that they can't possibly use what you said oh oh for sure like i i mean i'm i wouldn't say a click track because you know click 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 tracks are are um just uh what's the word? distracting so i'll use like un uh, uh artifacts or like you know i'll maybe say something in the track so they can't really use it or just like Make sure it's not necessarily, you know, exactly the whole thing. So they like mm. there's some some bars missing out of it, and so there are, there are tips and tricks for that. But like, no, I'm uh, I got to get my money first before you get the final product for sure. Yeah, that's good thinking. So any other tips that maybe you sort of picked up throughout the years that you'd want to give people a a clue on? Man, I don't. I like it. It depends. Like there's so there's so many things out there. Like I have no idea. That's that's the issue. It's like there's so many things, so many things. 
it's a, it's a long time learning how to do what you do. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I like. I mean, I th- I guess my my biggest tip is to use every resource that you have, like every single one. One being like YouTube. You can you can literally learn anything on YouTube. You can learn anything you want on YouTube. Use it. It's there. If you know if you need to know how to open your door, YouTube will tell you. YouTube as long is as t- your phone's not on the other <laughs> side. Of the door. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> YouTube will tell you. If you don't need to know how to close your eyes, YouTube will tell you that too. Um so uh, I mean, like use every resource. YouTube, use your friends, I mean like, like, pick their brains. They're, I mean, a lot of people are willing to let you know these things. And so use them as a resource. I, I It's funny because I talk about Tina, Tina Guo, a lot. And um, um, I, I find myself apologizing to her all the time because I ask her about everything. I'm like, yo, Tina, I just ran across this situation. What would you do? And I'm just like, hold on. I have no, I'm not even thinking about your life, but she's so willing. And she's always like, no, no, no. I, 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 I love to, I love to help. I love to answer this question. And plus, you know, having a relationship with these people kind of helps, you know, instead of just asking when you need something. So like, that's good. But it's like, it's just use your resources, man. And she's been a great one for me. Here's a recent YouTube post from Kermaine. It's Arrival of the Birds by Cinematic Orchestra. But I play with a bunch of a bunch of. I'm all over the place from from the Iris Orchestra in Memphis to the Jackson Symphony in Jackson, Tennessee. Sometimes I'll play with the Nashville Symphony. Sometimes it's the Nashville Philharmonic. Nothing full time, just because I am not necessarily. Um, that's not what I want to do, you know, with my with my career. That's not where I am. And plus, I mean, those those people aren't working right now anyway. Um, that's true. Uh, so like, I I just I try to do anything that music will allow me to do. It doesn't matter what it is. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome that you've that you've got the the 
the chops and the connections to be able to do classical stuff and pop stuff and worship stuff and you know all the all the other things that you want to do. Yeah, I was I was in a conversation the other day where uh, we were talking about multi-genre instrumentalists and I I said that word multi-genre instrumentalist just it it doesn't resonate with me just because I don't feel like I'm a multi-genre instrumentalist or musician. I just feel like I'm a musician that, you know, can con- converse and communicate musically, you know, and it doesn't matter what that is. If it's classical music, if it's Shostakovich, whether it's, you know, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire to Michael Jackson, like I'm, I know how to communicate musically. And so uh, that's what it's all about for me. I, I saw a conversation not too long ago asking like, is, is AI going to replace musicians? Yeah. Uh, man, you know, I think for like your commodity players that are coming out of these programs where they're creating cookie cutter players. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those people can be replaced and those people should be replaced. Mm-hmm. But the people like when they hire you because they want the way you play the cello or they want the way that you sing. It's not, I don't want a cellist. I want you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, I don't think those people ever, ever be replaced. Oh, never. And I, I think that there's, there's something about, there's something about real interpretation that is so special. I've never, I've never gotten goosebumps from any sample or any computer ever in my life i've heard a lot of things that sound good and i i probably have just as many sample libraries as i don't know hans zimmer himself like i've got everything all the stuff but like as much as i use it there's nothing like hearing a real person play nothing hearing an actual string quartet play a crescendo at the same time and then resolve the chord that has all the tension in it. Like that gives me goosebumps. Like even just thinking about it, that just gives me goosebumps. And so just like this, I mean, you can't, you can't replicate that. You cannot replicate that with a computer. It's not possible. It's not. And so I just like that, that kind of thing will never be able to be replaced. Well, and I think too, the musician has to feel it. Oh yeah. Right. The artist who's playing it has to feel it. And, and I think that's one of the things between 2020, 2021, even just the last few years, there, there's been so much going on in the world for musicians to gather, uh, I think, what would we call like emotional, um, I don't want to say baggage, but like some emotional, like there's a lot of stuff playing on our emotions oh, yeah, for the last sure. few years. For sure. And I think there's going to be an explosion of music that comes from kind of what we've all been through. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's important to 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 tap into that because like even even for me, I've built my career on feeling music. Um, can I play all of the you know the hard, super fast technical concertos? Yeah, I can, but like that's that's not where that's not where my heart is. That's not what what I care about. Um, there's something about reaching someone through their music. There's something about touching someone and transforming them through your music and and making them feel or soothing their hurt or something like that. Like there's something there's something special in that. And so being able to do that and tapping into that is so important. No doubt. 
Well, hey, man, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you, We have you, not Brad. spent nearly enough time chatting between the two of us. <laughs> I know, man. We've got to do this again, dude. It's so much fun. It's been a great... I can't wait till this is over. We need to just get together and, and hang out. Oh, for sure. For sure. Definitely. So uh, where can people find you? I think you talked about your website, your Insta, your, your YouTube. I'm, I'm on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter whatever, Clubhouse, and all the stuff. You you can find me at That Cello Guy or That Cello Guy 15. You can go to my website, thatcelloguy.com. Um, yeah, I'm the only one out there. So and then the out. album coming later in yes, 2021, Yes, my right? album coming out, Revolutions, in the fall 2021. So check out for it. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with me, man. This has been awesome. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it. Well, that's going to wrap it up. That's another episode of Rockstar Violinist. Please do us a favor and like, subscribe, comment, share, print it out, put it on a t-shirt, walk around town and wave your arms and tell everybody that you love the Rockstar Violinist podcast. Not sure how you're going to print the podcast out on a t-shirt, but if you figure out how, you let me know. Thank you guys again for hanging out and we look forward to seeing you next month with another Rockstar Violinist.